Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Speaking of somebody who I love, he is a former uh, congressman from Long Island, a great statesman. He protected America for years and years. He was on the uh, Congressional Homeland Security Committee. He actually chaired it for a long, long time. And uh, just a wonderful guy. His name is Congressman, former Congressman Peter King. Let's bring him in right now. Good morning, Congressman King. Hey, Bernie, great to have you back. Uh, you know, we got to keep an eye on Sid. When you're away, you never know what he's going to be up to. We got to, you know, he's always maneuvering. We got to keep an eye on Sid. He's out <laughs> he's, there. He's, he's out with Bill O'Reilly and the Knicks. He's, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's very unpredictable. Yeah, the housewife's on. here, the housewife's there. He's everywhere, this guy. <laughs> you're absolutely right. You can't never, t- you can't never tell where he's going to end up or what he's going to do. And it, or what you're going to read in the paper. Not even poor John Casmatidis. Uh, you know, Sid's down there and, uh, Coney Island, sort of uh, <laughs> hanging out in the apartments down there. It's, uh, yeah. it's incredible what he does. Yeah. All right. Oh he's God. all over the place. He's, he's, he's an unknown quantity, and we should fear <laughs> the worst. And hope for the best, but fear the worst. Uh, hey, Congressman King, uh, yeah. uh, on a serious note, uh, you know, we have this, uh, this whole Russian-Ukrainian uh, thing. And uh, my question has been, you know, a lot of people, uh, I don't think people are generally engaged in it. The average American doesn't really care what happens out there, but there are obviously serious implications to whatever happens out there. But my question is this, what is our, the United States national security interest in all this, Ukraine not being a member of NATO, and of course, historically, the Ukrainians and the Russians, you know, pretty much the same people. So uh, what is really the national security interest? Can you help me out here, Congressman? Yeah, I I, I do believe that we have to stop uh Russia, uh, listen, if they're going to go into Ukraine, there has to be severe sanctions on them. The reason I'm saying that is it goes beyond Russia and Ukraine. The fact is you found, I guess it was two weeks ago, Russia and China for the first time in over 50 years signing a communique to be working together. They can uh, almost bring about an economic stranglehold on the United States and Western Europe. Now, part of this is aided by the fact that we've stopped our drilling in, in the Arctic. we stopped the uh, pipeline. Uh, we I gave the okay for the Russian pipeline to go ahead, even though Germany pulled back yesterday. So you have this economic power that can be created. And if Russia does go into Ukraine and there are no uh, sanctions or severe efforts against them, then you're going to find other countries in Europe are going to be brought in, into their orbit. And they will have both the economic power and the feeling that the United States is not going to defend the status quo. Now, NATO... But, but listen, like what yeah. countries? I mean, you have the NATO... The Baltic states are NATO countries. You right. have Poland, et cetera, right. and they're NATO countries. He's not going to uh, mess with NATO because he knows that will directly uh, in, engage the United States. So what other countries besides the Ukraine are we talking? No, I would, I would say, first of all, you have to be concerned, I, even about Germany. Not that he's going to enter Germany, but the, the threat, for instance, if he does start to move on Poland, like when he says that Ukraine is part of Russia, every European country can say they're part of someone else, whether it's Austria and Hungary, whether it's Hitler saying, you know, the Sudetenland was, was part of Germany, Germany and Austria, 
And you have even Ukraine. I was out with someone last night from Ukraine, and he said just in his neighborhood where he grew up, you had people speaking Hungarian, people speaking German, people speaking Russian, predominantly Ukrainian, but still they were speaking these different languages. So we maintained the status quo in, in Europe. Now, there was a trouble in the Balkans, obviously, in the 90s. I was over there at that time. But for the most part, since probably the Congress of Vienna in 1815, the post-World War II period in Western Europe and then in Eastern Europe since then has been the most stable it's ever been. For him to, uh, if he starts, for instance, you know, does make border moves on Poland, do those other countries think the U.S. is really going to stand up to them? Or are they going to say, listen, Lithuania is part of Russia? I mean, Denmark can say that it's part of Sweden. Or Sweden's part of Denmark. Yeah, once you break that status quo down, I, I don't see Germany resisting uh, Russian influence for that long. I'm talking about economic influence. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, to me, once the status quo unravels, as we saw even with Francis Ferdinand and you know, Sarajevo, World War One, once the status quo un- un- unravels, second with the United States, you know, weaken our position. At the meantime, China is basically moving everywhere in the world. Yep. They have tremendous economic interests in South America and Africa and Europe, for that matter. So now we're in a position to make up for the oil deficit. Joe Biden wants to, is begging Iran to provide more oil. Oh, yeah. So as I've said, we can our overall strategic position in the world, both economically and also militarily. I think the main beneficiary is going to be China when this is all over. If we don't, if we don't at least take a firm stand here in uh, Ukraine. All right, that seems to be the consensus on the show so far. Bernard, Bill O'Reilly, Peter King, and Rich Lowry all agreeing. We can't just turn our eye away from this. We need to do something. But as far as I know, Putin has not gone in and killed anybody yet. I know he's amassed more troops in eastern Ukraine now and, and inching closer and closer, but hasn't done anything but Biden still levied some sanctions yesterday. I, I kind of joked with Bernie this morning, Peter. If I'm Putin, I'm like, okay, let's go now. Forget it. They've already levied sanctions anyway. Uh, do you think that that was too quick on Biden's part, or did he do the right thing yesterday? Uh, I think he maybe should have done more. Listen, I, you know, he's the president. We are engaged in a really a, a, a vital uh, struggle right now. So I don't want to be being overly critical of President Biden, but I think – uh, several steps along the way. One, by stopping our drilling last year. Secondly, by the uh, horribly uh, done uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. <clears throat> I, I can't imagine Putin beginning this, even trying this with Donald Trump. Now, in Michael Goodwin's column today, apparently President Trump told Goodwin that he had told Putin that if he moved on Ukraine, we would bomb Moscow. So Trump thought that <laughs> you know, Ukraine was vital. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, also, the fact that he said, you know, it was two weeks ago, that a small incursion wouldn't matter. Well, this right now is, you could call it a small incursion. So uh, I, I think there was a lot of diplomatic errors going into this. But now that we're, we are where we are, uh, I think he could have imposed some more sanctions. And I don't begin to understand the full extent of these sanctions, like which oligarchs we're hitting. I mean, that, that I'm hoping that the people behind the scenes, the uh, CIA and the intelligence agencies and working with our allies, that we know where these guys have hidden their money, that we know that, you know, all these names sound alike to us about these oligarchs, but, you know, the ones that he's hitting or the banks he's hitting are the ones that are going to be most significant. And going forward, I'm hoping we have a lot more sanctions because this guy, I'm sure, has been squirreling away money for the last two or three years in case this event ever come up. And, uh, Enough to keep him happy and to keep his oligarch friends happy and to maintain some stability. So, listen, there's no easy answers in this world, but I don't 
think we should allow Putin to run wild. I think he would go beyond Ukraine. I think he would go to the Polish border. He may go to Estonia. I mean, let's just say he starts to move into Estonia to protect the Russian-speaking people in Estonia or Latvia or Lithuania. People say, you know, does an American want to die for Lithuania? Does an American want to die for Latvia? Or does that matter? Does uh, an American want to die for Eastern Poland? I mean, so these are... Uh, once this unravels, it's, it's going to be hard to put it back together. Yeah, of course, uh, the, the nations you uh, just uh, delineated, they're part of NATO, and we're uh, treaty-bound to uh, protect those countries, which is why I don't think he's suicidal uh, that he would do that. But we can uh, agree to disagree on that, sure. the Congressman King. And, of course, I think the average American is more concerned with crime and inflation and to which point uh, 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 Biden yesterday was uh, bemoaning the fact that this war is going to raise the price of gas, the price of home heating oil. And, of course, he can do, uh, he can do so much by restoring the Keystone XL pipeline and these uh, oil and gas leases on federal lands. He could really help the American people. I hope the American people realize that and he's not going to do it. No, listen, I, I agree. Listen, often economic issues, they overwhelm a president. You have no control over them. No, this is so much of this is self-inflicted from the day. In fact, I was sitting in the studio with John Katsimatidis the day that President Biden signed his executive order, uh, you know, cutting down on the Keystone Pipeline, you know, stopping the Keystone Pipeline. And John immediately said what that's going to do to the price of oil and how it's going to make Russia a dominant force when it comes to the economy. We were economically independent a year ago. Now we are dependent. We are buying 10,000 barrels a day from Russia and oil from Russia. Now we're trying to stop Russia, and we are buying oil from them. We had enough oil to supply ourselves, also parts of Western Europe. We would have been a major energy supplier in the world. So this whole issue now with the gas, yeah, there would have been some uh, increase in prices if we get involved with Russia, but it would be nowhere near what it is now. I mean, gas has already gone up over a dollar a gallon. Yeah. Before this even started with Russia. So this is uh, totally self-inflicted. And you mentioned crime. Uh, This is, I I hate to say that Americans are almost going to start taking this for granted, but how many people do you talk to to now from New York? I'm not going in the city. I'm not going to a Penn Station. A year ago, two years ago, they wouldn't have thought twice of going to a Penn Station. My wife is a doctor in the city. She used to take the Long Island Railroad in there, get off to Penn Station, walk over to NYU. Uh, now, I mean, basically, it, it, everything is either Uber, or I, I drive, or she drives herself. I yep. mean, it's all. Yep. I mean, the thought of walking to a Penn Station now is almost impossible for many people. Two years ago, nobody would have thought twice about it. No, no. that's true. I mean, COVID had something to do with that too. Then, of course, the crime. You're 100 percent right. Look, we used to work there, me and Bernie. I don't miss it, and I'm actually leaving the city. I've lived here for the last six years, and I'm actually leaving uh, in about a month or so. So they've lost me, and that brings us to the gubernatorial discussion here, Peter King. When I thought I knew everybody, you know what? people than I do. Uh, But I don't know who the hell Harry Wilson is. And everybody keeps telling me, don't sleep on Harry Wilson. He made an appearance on Channel 5 yesterday. And there are some folks, smart folks, who seem to think he will battle people like Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, uh, Rob Astorino, and maybe even George Pataki. You know anything about this, Harry Wilson? Yeah, he ran for controller 12 years ago, ran a fairly strong race, but he disappeared for the last 12 years. The only thing I think he did politically was he donated to Alvin Bragg's campaign last Uh-oh, year. Uh-oh, did he really? Oh, no. Yes. Oh, yeah, he gave $1,000 to Alvin Bragg. Now, he said he did it because they went to school together. Well, you know, Get him out. Uh, yeah, I went to school. A lot of guys went to jail. I'm not donating money to them. <laughs> no, so I mean, uh, no, so to me, for a guy to come in the last minute out of nowhere, he hasn't been heard from for more than a decade. 
The only thing we do know is that he donated to Alvin Bragg. To me, I'm supporting Lee Zeldin, but you have Zeldin, you have Estorino, and you have Andrew Giuliani. They've been running all over the state for the last three, four months out there campaigning. They're the ones who should be considered. I'm, I'm supporting Lee. I think he's going. I know he's going to be too. nominated at the convention next week, and I support him in the primary in June. But no, listen, we got to take this state back. And a guy like Harry Wilson coming in from nowhere to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, not only did he guy. donate to Alvin Bragg, as you pointed out, but he worked for Barack Obama's Treasury Department, and he's a Republican. Yeah, they said yeah. he was involved, you know, in restoring parts of the economy. Again, that, that, that could be. But, again, why, you know, where is he on crime? Where is he on all these issues right now, this whole idea of Black Lives Matter, the riots, the demonstrations, you know, the crime in the streets? Where has he been on that? They're the gut issues that have to be addressed. No, and I was saying before, listen, COVID is one thing. But when you went, now you see all these people, you know, it's like a flop house on that. People all over the place, and then, you know, the guy's shooting up drugs out on 7th Avenue. And I'm using that as one example. But just think, how many of your friends, friends who, uh, Bernie, especially people coming from the suburbs, who did it routinely over the last 15 years. Absolutely. Now, they don't want to do it. They're scared stiff of going in there. Right. No, they never thought twice about it. But that was a very interesting uh, factoid. Harry Wilson donated to Alvin Bragg. Sid Rosenberg, tell your smart friends to suck on that for a while. Oh, some of my smart friends are your friends, too, but uh, I will yeah, certainly my, tell I'll them. I'll tell them, too. <laughs> I, I, nobody has said anything to me about it, but I will be more than happy to tell them exactly that. Yep. Suck on that, bro. Yep. Harry Wilson, get him out. Hey, quickly, <laughs> as, as the time is uh, waning here, Congressman King, uh, I think what, what happened in Canada, their descent into tyranny and author- authoritarianism, I mean, trampling uh, people with horses and uh, seizing bank accounts and all that stuff. I think, I mean, that, that is such an egregious uh, transformation from democracy to, again, dictatorship. And you, you don't hear boo. Uh, I think that's more important than what's happening in the Russia-Ukraine border. You don't hear any uh, Republicans, for example, criticizing uh, Justin Trudeau and his actions. What do you make of all that? Yeah, but these are, to me, serious violations of civil liberties. And by the way, if the cops had even thought of doing that during the riots of 2020, there'd be an international you know, tribunal set up you know, on yeah. human rights. So it's happening up there. And there was very little violence at all by, you know, by the truckers. Yeah, it caused inconvenience. They would have to, if they're going to be uh, arrested for you know, tying up city streets, that's fine. That's, that's all part of civil disobedience. But the fact is, these were overwhelmingly nonviolent. These are people who are solid Canadians. They were the people who kept their economy going. And whether or not you believe they should be forced to get vaccinated, they have the right to say no. They have the right to demonstrate. They did it. As far as I'm concerned, it's peacefully as mass demonstrations to be. They were peaceful. And there's just a capricious violation of human rights, the way they've done it, civil rights. That is a dangerous president. You can take away somebody's bank account because he's out demonstrating. I mean, my God. It's, uh, listen, I think we allowed far too much here in the summer of 2020. You can't be having violence, people being attacked. But what the truckers have done up there, that's, that, those are mass demonstrations. They were willing to pay the price for it. The price should not include uh, coming in and a riot-busting uh, tactics going on. Not at all. And going out into people's bank accounts for this. That is scary stuff. It, it is and, terrifying. And yeah. you have to think that that's what the Democrats here uh, aspire to, stuff like that. I mean, that's what I think. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, yeah there is that totalitarian mentality that's there. And it's, uh, it's one thing if you're... Uh, conservative or even ultra-right-wing person demonstrating, you get far less rights 
than Black Lives Matter, who the DAs said they wouldn't prosecute. I mean, when I think of what happened here in, in Manhattan, where the DAs refused to prosecute people for, the, for some of the worst riots and vandalism was going on. Vandalism is the wrong word. That makes it sound trivial. Absolute. You talk about civil disturbance uh, and, to me, insurrection. That's what happened in the streets of Brooklyn and Manhattan in 2020. Yeah, you no just know that that was the real insurrection, not January 6th. By the definition of the word, what happened here was an insurrection, not at the Capitol. I was taking over courthouses in Seattle. I mean, having yep. Uh, yep. no-go areas, that, that is insurrection. Oh, come on, uh, b- b- burning down mm-hmm. police departments in the state of Minnesota. was It was right. incredible. Hey, uh, as always, Peter King, not a good job, a great job. We love having you Wednesdays. Thank you so much for a great appearance. Terrific. Uh, great to be there. Bernie, you sound stronger than ever. Boy, you're you're going to kick ass. I know it, man. I can, I can feel it. You are the man, Congressman King. I love you. Long live the king is what I say. I'm the Bernie decision. Thank you, sir. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at at info at gobbolaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.